0: Hear the word of God from Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. These readings come from the Common English Bible, and you can find this reading on page 822 in the Pew Bible. People were bringing children to Jesus so that he would bless them, but the disciples scolded them. When Jesus saw this, he grew angry and said to them, Allow the children to come to me. Do not forbid them, because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever does not welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. Then he hugged the children and blessed them. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Avi. Well, before I get started this morning, we as clergy, we were uh, gathering together and praying about this last week, and we became aware we wanted to share just a brief pastoral word. Um, Over this last week, um, there has been some moments for people over the course of um, events that occur in the media that kind of bring up... Um, past situations that have happened to people in their lives, and so we wanted just to bring a pastoral word from all of us clergy to everyone here. It's no way intended to be political or partisan, but pastoral in concern because we become aware um, that for many people who are survivors of sexual assault, the pain of the media of this past um, last week can be triggered. And um, we recognize this. We've seen how people have been reaching out for ministerial support and psychological support throughout our country. And for anyone in our congregation, whether male or female, who have been victims of sexual violence, we um, just want to let you know um, that the dysfunctions of any system or the brokenness of our world does not need to dissuade you from speaking your truth Um, Your voice and your heart and your pain all deserve to be heard. And we don't need to give you permission to do this, but we want to stand with you in solidarity. Um, As we talked together, we wanted to make ourselves open for anyone who needs to um, talk to someone, to be a listening ear for you, to point you in the direction of help if that is what you are needing. We just wanted you to know that you are loved, that you are not alone, and that you are a child of God. And so please know that we are all here with you. As McGray said a few weeks ago when he spoke about prayer, when we say we pray for you, we say you matter. And so let us pray together this morning. Oh God, we acknowledge the brokenness of the world and the pain that's in our hearts. Open our minds and our eyes to receive your spirit that we might see this upside-down world righted by your love. Amen. Well, Avi read that wonderful text from the Gospel of Mark this morning with the children coming to Jesus. And we are beginning a new worship series this week, and it's entitled, I love the title, The Upside-Down Life. Now, we never have to go far, do we, to feel like our lives or our world are upside down sometimes, right? I was remembering a few years ago, we went to Chicago. We took our younger cousins, they were teenagers then, to the city of Chicago. And in Grant Park, there's this big, huge structure. It's about three stories high, and it's a reflective structure in the middle of the park. And you can stand in front of it, and you see your reflection, as well as the reflection of the city behind you when you're looking at it. And I remember my cousin, she started to do cartwheels around it. She liked to see herself in it, right side up, and then upside down, and then right side up again, and then upside down. It got me to thinking. Our life often feels like we're doing cartwheels in it, doesn't it? There's days when I feel like my world is upside down, or even my life, and then there's times when it feels right side back up again. And it doesn't ever stay that way. It goes up and down. Well, in this next worship series, we're going to explore the stories of Scripture. And we're going to take a look at how Jesus looked to turn the world right side up in an upside down world. Matter of fact, in one single chapter in the book of Mark, 50 verses, you can experience this remarkable world flipping paradigm and invitation that Jesus offers us. Next week, we're going to look at the world where the power is measured by influence. And we're going to see that Jesus says, the first will be last, and the last will be first. And then the next week, we're going to look at a world where greatness is antithetical to servanthood and humility. And Jesus steps right in, and he says, I came not to be served, but to serve. And then we're going to end with a wonderful story that describes a world seemed gripped in darkness, and yet Jesus comes to bring sight to the blind. It is our hope as we walk through these verses in the book of Mark over these next several weeks that we might all find the Spirit bringing us renewed courage and renewed strength as we look to live right side up, just as God has intended for us. So let's take a look at this text this week, and here we find ourselves with Jesus. He has been preaching, he's been teaching, he's going along the side of the road with the disciples, he's been healing, and there we find him stopped along the way, and some parents are bringing their children to Jesus to meet him. And what's interesting in this text is that the disciples seem to get upset about this, They're a little incensed that the children are being brought to Jesus. And I got to thinking, why? I mean, children are cute, right? Right, Sometimes, right? But here they are, these adorable little children. They're coming to Jesus. And I mean, after all, isn't that what Jesus is supposed to do? Bless the little children? Had they not read the scriptures? You know, for us, 2,000 years later, when we look at this text, especially here in our Western culture, where we have a deep level of care for our children, As a matter of fact, we have books, we have workshops, how we can better care for our children, how we can support them. I mean, we shower our children with the best that the world has to offer. And so when we read this text, we go, well, of course Jesus would welcome these children and bless them. Isn't that what Jesus would do? But the thing is, in Jesus' day, children weren't viewed in the same way we view them here right now. Children were actually considered the very, very bottom of the social structure. You know, in the Roman world, they had this hierarchy of social structure, political structure. Everything revolved around it. You had Caesar at the top. Then you had the governors, the senators, the lawmakers, all the way down. And there at the bottom, you would find the women, the foreigner, the poor, the slaves and at the very bottom children children had no value in that period of time and so when Jesus welcomes these children he turns things right side up from this upside down way of thinking he's saying we are to welcome god welcomes the least and he's putting folks on notice that these children they are included in god's kingdom because they matter and they belong listen to these words again allow the children to come to me don't forbid them because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children at this moment at this moment Jesus takes the world's wisdom of power and prestige and he turns it right side up he says the kingdom actually belongs to children like these and so as we looked at this text, we asked ourselves, what do we do with this, where Jesus is welcome, these children to let them know that they matter and they belong? Well, one of the much-preached-about ways in which we can find ourselves in this text is to explore that very question of how might we be inspired to bless children in our lives and in this world. We might ask ourselves, where can we look to children and let them know that they matter and they belong. I have to tell you, I think here at this church, I continue to hear stories from parents time and time again about the way our children's ministry and all of our volunteers does that for children, lets them know about the love of God, and helps to shape them to know that they matter and that they belong to God. But as we listen to this text, we also might ask ourselves that question, looking at children who are struggling or hurting or in some way marginalized in society. And this week, we're even talking about it in our offering. Kristen mentioned it. We partner with the Florida United Methodist Children's Home, a ministry that is set to help right-side up some children's lives who have totally been turned upside down. We also have a new ministry that just got started this fall. And it's one where our missions team and some amazing volunteers have decided to embark on a partnership with Dunbar Elementary School. We're looking for ways in which we can encourage and support and share God's love with this school, the teachers, and the students. Vicki Walker would love to help connect you if you would love to find out more about this ministry, but you can even go online onto the website and find out about what we're doing with Dunbar Elementary. And, you know, viewing this text as to how we might welcome children in God's love is one way in which we can view this text. But as McGray and I talked this past week, we found another insight when we looked at the text. And we got to wondering, what if this upside-down invitation actually invites us not only to value children, but what if we are being called to see the value of another generation other than our own? I mean, when you think about it, Jesus does that, doesn't he? He challenges those disciples to learn, to live, and to love with this generation that is not their own, this generation that they're actually dismissing and pushing to the side and so we wondered what if we were to live and learn and love from those older than us and those younger than us there is this facebook image that floats around and i don't know if any of you seen it it's a child that is sitting on the phone it's like a toddler and the child's on the phone like this and he's got his hand like this and the little meme above it says okay grandma Double-click on the Explorer icon and it'll open up Now how many of you do not look to your children to hand your electronic devices and say help me, please? I do Well, there is a lot that we can learn from their children, isn't there? Yeah, and there's also much wisdom to gain from our elders and our young adults You know, a few weeks ago, my sister and I, we took my mother up to Rochester, New York. We went to visit my aunts and my cousins. We had a new baby in the family, and my great aunt was turning 101 years old. We got to shower that little baby with all kinds of love, welcome him into our family, and we got to visit my great aunt. She's now living with one of our cousins, and I got to tell you, she is as feisty as ever at 101. She is still giving orders, and as the Italian matriarch of the family, it comes with a finger wave and a hand wave whenever she's telling you what to do. And she's even still playing this little slot machine game that my younger cousins got her. She seems to find great joy in it. She feeds it with quarters, uses exercise to pull the lever, and she just plays it for hours and hours upon hours. She is quite a hoot. Well, as we gathered together there, I was remembering several things. You know, each year when we grew up, I remember my aunt, she sent us a birthday card. You see, my aunt... She worked in the factories for most of her life. She never married. She never had children. But she cared for her parents. And she also cared and looked out for her brothers, her brother's children, and even us grandchildren. And every year she would send us a birthday card, no matter how far away we lived from her. Sometimes there was a little something inside that birthday card. But, you know, every time I got that card from her, I knew that we mattered to her. And she was letting us know that we belonged. We belonged to a family. We belonged to something that was greater than ourselves. And as we sat there around that table looking at pictures and hearing crazy stories from the past, four generations of us were sitting there learning, living, and laughing together. And I gotta tell you, it was precious. We can really learn so much from different generations in our lives and our communities. And so, this week, McGray and I were really wondering, what if this passage is an invitation to intergenerational way of living together in community? I mean, the world's wisdom, it likes to put us in silos, doesn't it? It likes to separate us out based on groups like our age or our preferences or our power structures. I mean, we're way easier to manage if we can separate us out, right? I mean, we're programmed to believe that we're more effective if we can divide and separate. That measurement excess, success, we can have more efficiency if we can pull us together into different groups. It's easier to market and manipulate us, isn't it? If we can do target groups in target areas. I mean, they even have names for us like millennials and baby boomers and Gen Xers. But God's wisdom doesn't do that. God's wisdom doesn't separate us. It doesn't divide us. Instead, Jesus' wisdom continues to step in and seek to right-side us up in a world by bringing us together. It may be messier. It may not be easier, and at times it surely is less efficient. But God's wisdom has always been the invitation To live together in love, and in community, and in peace. It's easy for all of us to silos ourselves, isn't it? Like does attract like. It's easier for us to focus on one specific group instead of looking at the whole. But God's wisdom has always been the invitation to look beyond our differences and it's always been the invitation to see the value in every human being to consider the least and the last to put them first and to not dismiss them regardless of their age and then when we do the invitation is always there for us to bless them the scriptures tell us that Jesus blessed the children He showed them that they mattered and that they belonged to God. I mean, Jesus came to restore all of humanity to the right-sided relationship with God. That first book of Genesis, it tells us that we are all of us made in the image of God. The psalmist puts it this way, we're beautifully and we're wonderfully made. And you see, in case you've forgotten this, you're God's children too. You belong and you matter to God. And if you don't know that, my prayer for you is over this next week or months, you would come to know this good news of Jesus for yourself. And so as people of faith, as those on a journey to discover a relationship with God, what would it look like if we looked to live out as if we believed that good news and look to live a more intergenerational way of living. I mean, maybe it looks like asking a younger coworker for their advice about something. Or maybe it's asking an older co-worker to teach you something. Maybe it's giving thanks to an elder. Or maybe it's a parent asking a child for their opinion. You know, for me in my life, learning from different generations continues to draw me into a deeper experience of god's love and truly a deeper sense of humility you know the latin word for blessing comes from an ancestral root word of benediction and it literally means to speak good i love how one writer put it a blessing is when one person speaks good things into the soul of another. Henry Nouwen says to give someone a blessing is the most significant affirmation we can offer. And so I wonder, maybe the question for all of us this week is who in our life needs to know that they matter and belong to God? And how might each of us speak good things into the soul of another generation this week. That, my friends, might be a start to turning our world right side up. For as one writer put it, the worth of a soul is great in the sight of God. Let us pray. O Lord, You have created us in your image. And your grace is with us every day. Some days we miss this amazing grace that moves in and through us. Forgive us. Help us to claim your presence each day. And to embrace your love that is meant for all people. Of all generations. There is so much to learn from one another. Help us to roll up our sleeves, to step out of our silos and into relationships with each other, that we might see them as you do, a soul great in the sight of God. Amen.